You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. On this episode, we're gonna be breaking down some of the most overlooked, valuable tools for health and longevity, for emotional wellness, for our mental health, and so much more. And you have access to it all the time. You might not realize it, but you have access to this wonderful tool all of the time. Now, to give you a little hint, right now we're dealing with a situation where there's a lot of emotional turmoil. We're dealing with a situation where a lot of folks are not really tapped into high levels of emotional intelligence. And this leans back into the work from Dr. Daniel Goleman, which I'm grateful to say we had on the Model Health Show, and a wonderful teacher in this field and understanding how our emotional intelligence is a major guiding light for how we show up in the world, how we interact with ourselves and how we interact with others, because our emotions really provide valuable feedback, valuable data. But oftentimes we can be so associated with our emotions that we become those emotions. And we think that those emotions are the only thing that exists. And the truth is humans have this remarkable capacity and this vast array of emotional states that we have access to. Now we do as a individual in the real world, we tend to have emotions that we lean on or that we revert to more often than others. And during this time we've experienced, what tends to happen is the emotions that we tend to cultivate the most are the ones that are going to show up, right? So it's very much like the scenario of when you squeeze an orange, right? When you squeeze an orange, what comes out? OJ, right? Now I'm not talking about, you know, OJ, orange juice is going to come out of the orange because that's what's in the orange. What's going to come out is what's in there. So when you squeeze it, what's going to come out is orange juice, very much like ourselves. When life squeezes you, what's going to come out is what's already in there. When life squeezes you, is it going to be anger that comes out? Is it going to be patience? Is it going to be creativity? What's going to come out is what's already in there, what you've cultivated. Because as the statement says, when you're under pressure, you're not going to rise to the level of your expectation. You're going to fall to the level of your training. All right, you're not going to rise to the level of your expectations. You're going to fall to the level of your training. So what have we been practicing in, in our lives? What are the emotional states that we tend to revert to, that we tend to exist in the most, that we've cultivated, that we've taken time and habituated within our own psyche? And this gets back to this conversation about emotional intelligence, which is at its heart, understanding these vast emotions and our access to them, and then having the ability to choose how we want to respond or having the ability to see our emotions for what they are, which are temporary states that we can tend to try to latch onto. But in reality, our emotions are very fleeting and flexible and fluid. And so it's a really beautiful thing, but it can also be a situation where it's pretty terrifying and where it has a lot of control over our lives. Now, we don't have to dissect the mental construct and how we associate with our emotions. We can utilize very proven things that have been utilized for thousands and thousands of years to shift and alter our emotional states to things that are more advantageous for us. We don't need to know the ins and outs of it. We can know the practices. 
And if you look at the word emotion, what's contained within that word is another word that is very, very powerful. Within the word emotion is the word motion. Our, our emotions are heavily influenced by motion itself. All right, the way that we are moving our bodies, our state has a tremendous impact on the emotions that we express. And also our emotions impact our emotion and how our bodies are expressing and how they're showing up. What happens when we're in a state of sadness? What does a body do? What do your shoulders do? They tend to move forward. Head tends to go down, right? Our bodies become more kyphotic, right? So we know what a depressed state looks like, but our physiology, our nervous system can't help but make an alteration if we are in a state of sadness and we open up our shoulders and we lift our heads up, right? And we breathe deep. It immediately changes our state. It changes our nervous system. It doesn't mean that the sadness is suddenly just disintegrated, but that physical change, the change in our emotion, changes our emotional state as well. And so today I want to provide some really practical tools and some practical insights into what I feel to be a really overlooked resource for us today when we're experiencing so much divisiveness and there's a, there's a situation where we have this very strange, if we're talking about motion, this twisted version of Footloose taking place, you know, sans Kevin Bacon, where there are certain conversations that are, that are outlawed or, or frowned upon. There's, a, there's this dissection taking place with people who believe this thing and believe that thing, people who do these things and don't do these things. And there's not a lot of crosstalk taking place. And one of these unifiers, funny enough, even in that movie, the town came together under the umbrella, under the, the disco globe of movement and of dance. And the truth is throughout human evolution, every culture, a big part of culture is dance and movement. And there is so much to be said for all of the mental health benefits, all of the remarkable community benefits that take place with human connection. Wow, is dancing one of the most remarkable ways of connecting with other people? Wow, like even people that you don't know, there's this universal language with dance, you know? And if anybody's been to a conventional, you know, dance party club type vibe, like that's one of those things where you don't have to know the person to connect. You know, asking somebody to dance or, you know, today is different. Back in the day, you know, of course, the person would come up, hey, you want to you wanna dance with me? <laughs> today, you know, a lot of times you just go and start, you know, twerking upon a person, or, you know, a fella, a lady. You know, the vibes might be different, but people, I'm sure people are still asking for a dance or, you know, there's different types of dance and how we intersect. But if you just think about this evolution um, throughout history, again, Humans have always had this connection and even a celebration or the expression of story. There are even traditions that have their stories in the history of their people passed on from generation to generation through dance. I can go on and on and on. And we're going to talk about some of these benefits and why this might be another tool to add to your superhero utility belt right now, more intentionally through this, this facet of movement for healing, for connection, for mental health, for emotional health, 
The list goes on and on. And also, learning about this from one of the leading experts in the world. But not just that. Not only does our special guest have elite status when it comes to this art form and this form of expression and motion and, and therapy, but also she's brought together this movement practice, this, this movement phenomenon, and it has imbued it with many other aspects of health and wellness intentionally into what she teaches and to what she is. You know, because it's really, it isn't just one thing. And I, I always like to refer back to that, you know, here with the Model Health Show, we want to address and provide solutions and tools and insights for all levels of health, for all the different domains, because health isn't just one thing. It isn't just nutrition. It's a huge part. It isn't just exercise. Huge part. It isn't just sleep. Huge part. It isn't just relationships. Huge part. But it's not the whole thing. All of these things create a human life, a healthy, sovereign, resilient human life. And so I want to provide more and more resources and tools and voices. And this one today is no exception. It's going to be really special. Now, when our special guest arrived, she brought a gift for me. All right, she brought a gift for me and I brought a gift for her as well. So we exchanged bags. I was like, little impromptu Christmas vibes, all right? And so we exchanged our bags and in the bag she gave me, guess what it was? Tea. She gave me a gift of tea. In the bag I gave her, I gave her, guess what it was? Tea. I gave her a gift of tea. I also gave her a little really cool mug as well. Um, but I gave her one of my favorite teas and it is the Puer from Peak Tea. And Puer is a fermented tea that is just skyrocketing in popularity right now. I've known about Puer for many, many years, but it's been around for centuries, of course. But it has a long history of use within regions in and around China. And Puer is well-respected for its profound benefits on metabolism and overall health. According to a study published in the journal Phytonutrient Research, Puer is one of the rare nutrient sources that has a direct significant influence on the enzyme that unlocks fat from our fat cells called hormone-sensitive lipase, or HSL. Puer is also noted to be effective as an adjunct to intermittent fasting because of its ability to support fat loss while protecting muscle mass, as documented in a recent study featured in Clinical Interventions in Aging. Now, I can go on and on about the remarkable benefits. We've talked about the benefits with the microbiome, Bottom line is Puer is incredible. It's one of my favorite teas. And here's the key. The quality is always the most important factor, especially when it comes to our teas. Now, there are so many remarkable benefits with a variety of different teas, but a lot of folks don't realize how contaminated these products can be with heavy metals and pesticides and molds and microplastics. The list goes on and on and all the craziness, but the puer that I utilize, and really all my teas, whether it's green tea, puer, hibiscus, the list goes on and on, is from Peak Tea. And Peak Tea uses a patented cold extraction technology. Now, the puer from Peak is wild harvested. And also, it has this deep concentration because of their extraction method, where it's very dense in additional phytonutrients and antioxidants that you're simply not going to get from other tea sources. And it's triple toxin screened for one of the highest levels of purity. 
Go to peaklife.com forward slash model and use the code model at checkout. You get an exclusive 10% off with every purchase. And this is exclusive with the Model Health Show. All right, this is peak, only does this with the Model Health Show. So again, go to peaklife.com forward slash model. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com forward slash model. Again, that's peak spelled P-I-Q-U-E. L-I-F-E, peaklife.com forward slash model. Use the code model for 10% off. And now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Nerd Heaven Plus Practical Application Equals Success from B Bland 1522 I'm such a nerd when it comes to all things body, mind, and spirit. I could and do listen to Sean's voice for hours, along with the practicality of his content. Thank you so much for sharing your voice over on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate it so much. And if you yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review for the Model Health Show. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is Yaya Vankova, and she's an artist, choreographer, teacher, and health and wellness advocate. And coming to the U.S. from her home in the Czech Republic, she's blown the doors off the hinges with her impact on dance. A lot of people might recognize her from America's Best Dance Crew being the champion, her and her crew. And also from there, she's had the opportunity to choreograph for Justin Bieber, for dancing with Taylor Swift, and Selena Gomez, and Luda. The list goes on and on and on. And she's also appeared in films like Step Up, some iconic dance movies as well. And she's well noted for her expertise in very specific movements and being somebody who's teaching and coaching body control. And today's conversation is just blew me away. I had so many aha moments myself in talking with Yaya. So definitely filled with insights, tools, and more strategies for us to utilize in our day-to-day lives. And that's what it's really all about. So let's jump into this conversation with the amazing Yaya Vankova. When you moved here to the US, did you come right to LA? No. So when I moved here, um, my crew originally, IME, uh, we were called IME, and uh, uh, they are from Houston. And so when I moved here, I came to Houston for three months. Um, and we were practicing there every day for like 12 hour practice every, every day for America's Best Dance Crew at that time. And uh, so at the time, I didn't know like, if I'm moving here yet or no, it was kind of like, hey, come do this sh- TV show with us. And I was like, yeah, you know, no English, no, <laughs> no, nothing. You know, I was just like, yeah, I'm coming. No visa, no nothing. Oh, so no. how was that? Yeah. Like, was it a lot to take in? It was a lot, honestly, like a whole culture culture change, you know, like, I mean, you it's it's kind of strips you off of your identity everything that you ever like believe in or your perspectives, your language, the the way you eat, like the way you dress, like the way you think, everything is different, you know? And so it it was definitely like really challenging for the first couple of years. I was kind of just lost, like where is my identity at? And then that lasted for like, for five years and then i started to realize okay i need to adapt to this new culture um my language started to get a little bit better you know 
and um it i think it took about seven years you know there's a saying that you really don't know person until you your friendship lasts for seven years or your relationship lasts for seven years right so i think it took about seven years before i started to finally feel like comfortable you know with mm. communication or I, I knew how people think here, you know, it's very different than my culture, right? So, so yeah, Houston was the first stop and then we went on the show, we won. So thanks to that, I was able to stay in America and uh, we moved to LA with the whole crew. We, we rented a house in Northridge and we moved there. Yeah. That's so, dope. Yeah. So <laughs> I would imagine though that if you could, can you talk about, because you've been to so many different countries mm -hmm. and so many different cultures, mm -hmm. have you seen that dance itself is like a unifier mm -hmm. of people, like a language mm -hmm. that's beyond language? 100% because um, dance is a language and it's a universal language because even us people that don't dance, they are still moving they still have a body language right and body language is like the hidden language of every person the way we sit the way we cross our arms the way we open our arms so we open our chest or if we touch our neck all of these movements says a lot about how the person is feeling or what kind of doubts or insecurities he might or she might have or uh, what kind of, kind of emotions she might have, or is she hiding something, or is she wanting to say something, you know? So um, all of these gestures are used in dance as well, too. So it's really interesting of how, yes, I've been traveling to so many different, you know, cultures and countries, and again, you know, the languages are different, and sometimes I teach people that don't speak English at all, and I teach them for three hours and I have to explain it. Okay, we are doing this, we are doing that, right? But because movement is such a universal language, um, I can see like, let's say if somebody touches their neck, it's the same in every country, you know? It's just feeling like vulnerable or it's feeling like nervous or it's feeling like lost, you know? So I can see even on the students, um i can see like oh do you guys have any questions but the students don't want to say anything because they're nervous but they would be standing there like no we don't but i really don't <laughs> they, yeah. they, they do you know so dance and movement is really universal language that we all speak in every day you know we all communicate with our hands you know mm -hmm. we all are walking we all are moving every day that's all you know, it's all movement, yeah. It all says a lot about ourselves, yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. So have you found that, and I know this, of course, like everybody might see movies about mm -hmm. this or just see in their day-to-day -day lives, mm -hmm. if they've ever, you know, embarked on, you know, going to dance or mm -hmm. going to hang out with friends. Mm -hmm. Have you found that dance has been a bridge to like friendships and relationships? 100%, yeah. So what, what is beautiful about this is um, as we were traveling so many countries and cultures, I see like a lot of my friends that are non-dancers, they would be like, oh, let's go party and let's get drunk, right? But as dancers, it's like, okay, let's go session. And session is just dancers getting together and, you know, creating a circle and we just dance and exchange. 
And the beautiful thing about this is that we can do this with people that don't speak our language and we can do this in every country, you know, and uh, sometimes we would do it. We would be dancing all day in uh, workshops, you know, or in studios or at a dance camp. And then at night we would just meet up and we would just dance for hours at night, you know, and uh, there would be no alcohol, there would be no drugs involved, like there would be nothing like that, you know, and um, that's, that was, it's very powerful because then there's these moments that are created. Sometimes the session gets really spiritual. Sometimes the session gets really um, on like a peaceful and joy frequency, you know, and uh, sometimes you can see the love, you know, maybe there is a person that is going through a lot internally, either if it's in school or at work or with, you know, with parents or anything like that. And this is going to give him a space to really express and to really show like what he's feeling through the movement. And because what I love about the session is uh, it's not just energy out, it's energy in as well too. And so there is this exchange that is happening uh, energetically. Um, and so it really gives a safe space for people to express their emotions without even talking. And um, I see this a lot. I, I teach a lot of people that never danced before. I, I teach a lot of athletes or I teach like psychotherapists uh, as a release or I teach uh, psychologists and uh, or even like a, a person who was doing a, what is it called juggling juggling yeah. yeah juggling like circus people or or even even like a police woman uh, and they would come to me and they're just like I see you dance and I just see the release and I want to find out more about this, like help me with it, you know? So, so I, I teach these people that don't have dance experience, but even after one class, they are able to express and they're like, wow, like I feel so much lighter. So in a way it is therapy. It is very yeah. therapeutical. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that yeah. consistently, you know, even, Somebody on my team, you know, my guy Connor just m mentioned this yesterday, he was dancing, just like it's cathartic, you yeah. know, it's so much like healing potential mm -hmm. there. And, but for you, and this is why I'm so grateful to have you is that dance is really holistic mm -hmm. for you, you know, yeah. and you've been dancing and performing for over 20 years, mm -hmm. which is bananas. But in 2017, you were inspired to get even more focused on health and wellness. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about what sparked that inspiration mm -hmm. for you? Mm -hmm. So it was really interesting because, you know, sometimes people come into your life and they try to like sparkle ideas on you, you know, like, oh, maybe you should try this kind of food. It would be better for you. Or you should try watch this person. Like maybe this person would inspire you. But, you know, it's it really doesn't, um, a lot of times it really doesn't, ring for the person until they find it themselves more internally right and usually it has to be like an event that something happens to you and then it's like okay i need to change things right um and so well first actually the first thought i had was when i moved from europe to america 
the quality of the food is very different over here. You could say it. <laughs> yes, very different. I, I, re I remember I was at a dinner with friends one time. This was like 2011. Mm -hmm. So I was still very Czech at the time, uh -huh. very Czech Republic mindset. And I was eating, it was like a restaurant, it was mashed potatoes with some pork i don't know and i was like yeah the food just tastes fake you know i can't there it is yeah, the f okay. word there it is <laughs> yep and and they got uh, offended right mm. and so already at that time i started to look into a little bit of why does the food here taste so much different than in europe and um you know slowly i started to learn like there are chemicals used here that are completely illegal in europe and um, then naturally, I just kind of like stopped eating chicken because, by the way, before I was, I was eating all kinds of stuff. I mean, like fried pork fat and baked pork knees with mustard. Like I would eat all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff like that. Okay. Like that was like, uh, that's like the Czech Republic way, like meat, 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 meat. Right. Um, and uh, so naturally at the time I already stopped eating chicken because for me, it just like didn't taste the way I was always used to. And then in 2017, it was actually the first time I, um, I was always going for regular checkups to my doctor. And my doctor was the first time she did like a regular checkup and uh, some tests on me. She was like, okay, there is something wrong. We need to do more testing on you. So that's when I went for a biopsy. And uh, so they found out, long story short, it was like a process of a year, one year before I even found out what is going on. They told me that um, I am in the transition, which is called cancer in situ. And I was in the transition from the pre-cancer into cancer. So it was like a stage, almost stage one cancer. Uh, and it was a cervical cancer. And uh, they were sending me for a surgery. And at the time um, I wasn't, plant-based I wasn't eating healthy yet and uh and uh they were sending me into a surgery and I was like wow I uh I was shocked at the time that something like that could actually something like that actually exists now exists in my body you know you always hear about this stuff mm -hmm. and heart disease and you know cancer and stroke and stuff like you hear about it but then when it happens to you it's like whoa and I was extremely lucky because they found it really early because I am I am um good with like okay i want to do like a prevention like checkup i always go for checkups and stuff like that right just to make sure like everything is everything's good and um that's when i really dive deep and just from one day to another like i cut everything out i cut all processed foods all sugar all meat all dairy i went completely plant-based um and um, I even went for a couple months, I went completely raw vegan as well, uh, which by the way, I don't do it on daily basis right now, but it is my favorite way of eating because it just feels so enlightening. It feels so fresh, so much clarity in mind. And I just felt so powerful and uh, my dance felt so much better when I was eating that way as well too. Um, with so much travel that I had, it wasn't that sustainable. That's why I started to introduce cooked food back as well, uh, into the diet. Um, and, um, 
that's actually when uh, I had my first surgery at a time. Um, and uh, after that surgery, they did another checkup like six or eight months later. And they said that it's still there and I have to do a second surgery. And I didn't want to do it because with the second surgery, it's a high chance of either in the future miscarriage or not being able to get pregnant or have babies. And I knew I want to start family 100%. And um, that's when I decided to do, start to do the fasting. And I went on the seven day water fast where I just consumed water, nothing else for seven days. And it was distilled water as well too. I know there is a lot of people that are not fans of distilled water, but I'm a big fan of distilled water. <laughs> so no minerals neither. And it completely flushed everything out of the body. Um, I continued the raw vegan diet for a couple more months and then next time when i went on the checkup um after i denied the second surgery uh when i went on the checkup uh it was completely gone at the mm. time yeah and the doctor was like oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah so um of course they still like they still had me go for you know more checkups like right. uh after that because they thought it will come back and stuff and uh he was like, yeah. no, thank nope. you. That chapter's no, done. You. No, thank you. That's yes. a powerful story. Yes. And this is the thing yeah. too, like we were talking a little bit before we got together mm -hmm. of like your experience mm -hmm. is the most powerful degree that you could ever have, mm -hmm. you know, and you become a walking representation of what's possible. Yes, People exactly. might not necessarily yeah. uh, understand the technical stuff, but there's mm -hmm. something about you that is just going to resonate. And I didn't share this with you, but part of the reason I'm sitting here right now is because of a story, not exactly, but very, very similar to yours with my wife. You know, this was, we'll just say 17 years ago. And she went in for a routine exam mm -hmm. and they found these precancerous two stage one cancer cells. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's just like all hands on deck. You got to do this. You got to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And she was obviously very upset hearing that term, mm -hmm. right? It's just like, what do I do? What did I do mm -hmm. wrong? All these things. And fortunately, we had a guide. We had my mother-in-law because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I was working at the university gym. I was still trying to finish my degree. And I knew how to, you know, I knew about a fitness side. Mm -hmm. And I also knew about like, I got myself healthy, but mm -hmm. I didn't know like these big diseases, you know, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, that mm -hmm. there was solution. Mm -hmm. And so she told my mother-in-law, who is the guide, my teacher, my mm -hmm. greatest teacher, and she's actually coming into town today, which is nice. just bonus, like you're here, <laughs> she's coming. Um, and so anyway, so we went and told my mother-in-law and my wife at the time, she was my girlfriend and she was just obviously, you know, she was very upset mm -hmm. hearing that this was the thing that was going on with her. Mm -hmm. And my mother-in-law is just, she's kind of mm -hmm. very stern mm -hmm. and cool. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what are you crying for? All you need to mm -hmm. do is this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And so immediately she put her on to this fasting protocol mm -hmm. and, you know, um, a juicing and, mm -hmm. and wheatgrass and all these different things and specific herbs and all this. And 22 days later, she went back and mm -hmm. got checked. There's, it, maybe it was within 30 days. Mm -hmm. They couldn't find anything. All right. Only and like, days. I didn't know that that was possible. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the same thing happened with you. It's just mm -hmm. like, you were like, oh, no, 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 actually, mm -hmm. let me do this. Mm -hmm. And then I go back and I can't find anything. But here's the part two that I want to steer you towards mm -hmm. and everybody. 
they're going to keep trying to find something, exactly. you know, yes. and that's part of, in a sense, their job. Mm. But seek and ye shall find something, you know, mm. if you look hard enough and invasive enough and mm -hmm. you go and snip this or test mm -hmm. this, you know, instead of just like when they saw that and just like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. I can't find anything. Why didn't they ask you? Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about this? Like they didn't ask you what you did. No, you they know? didn't at all. Yeah. At all. I didn't even mention anything to them because, you know, and they didn't ask anything. It was, yeah, it was the, I don't know, something inside of me, like at the time was like, I don't think this should be the answer. I don't think like surgery and cutting something should be the answer, you know, and something like inside just told me like, there has to be another way of, of healing ourselves. And, uh, I am really grateful for that experience to happen because it just opened a whole world of, of possibilities, you know, and now like I'm capable of like, you know, I have inner circle of my friends and sometimes they, you know, I've been having cough for the past eight months or I've been having like itchiness right here for the past two months. And, you know, there are these simple remedies that you can recommend to your close circle and friends or people that ask that completely work for them and it's just incredible and yeah as you said like you go to you go for a checkup and they test you and you know sometimes they find stuff that is it really there you know <laughs> or yeah. are you just trying to find something yeah. and then they throw at you a bunch of words you don't know and uh it scares you yeah. and then the fear might actually start something in your body absolutely yeah, yeah. and also the tools yeah. like okay so i have this thing expressing potentially mm -hmm. the tools are i'm gonna cut you mm -hmm. i'm going to poison you mm -hmm. right maybe burn you you know we've got burning radi <laughs> you know radiation as well and it's just like where is the health in any of those things mm -hmm. and also like and then mm -hmm. this is a fundamental question i want to implore everyone to just always have in their in their mental bank account ready to mm -hmm. ask is what caused this mm -hmm. exactly because there's there's never and this is a, a strange phenomenon too because it's supposed to be a system based on science you know there's this idea that things just happen mm -hmm. right yeah but that is against the principles of physics mm -hmm. you know like exactly. there's against the principles of the universe there's exactly. nothing that just happens there's a cause and effect <laughs> you know something caused this expression mm -hmm. Right. And so like, let's address what caused it mm -hmm. so that we don't have the reoccurrence, but mm -hmm. that's just not how things work. And so, you know, being able to, to become sovereign and mm -hmm. an authority on your own health and your own body, mm -hmm. and then being the expression and teaching that to other people is really mm -hmm. remarkable. Um, I want to ask you about movement, but I'm going to do something a little bit different mm -hmm. because there's so many different things that it affects. So I want to ask you this. I want to ask you about how it affects essentially the different areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. So let's start with this one. Why is movement such a valuable tool for improving our mental health? Because movement is us. We, we start with movement when you are, we are a little fetus. We were created by movement, right? So um, that is, we are, we are developing inside of a moving body already even when we are sleeping there is the movement of the heart there is the movement of the organs inside of the body and all of these um, aspects have effect on the baby that is inside on 
of the woman, the baby is feeling and hearing the breathing and the heart. The heart is already a rhythm. So that already is a dance in itself, right? Because dance is a movement to the rhythm. And um, so when we, when we are born, it's not like we are a clean sheet of paper anymore. We were bathing in like a bath of emotions. We are bathing in bath of sadness, in bath of happiness. We are bathing in bath of all of these hormones. We already took on the rhythm of the heartbeat of the mother. We were already hearing the, the breathing. Now we are going to take on the breathing patterns as well too, mm. right? So even such a simple thing as really making sure like we are breathing correctly, we are breathing deeply. We take time to take breaths uh, in during the day or conscious breaths, right? Because all of these things are going to affect the next generation, the babies that are about to be born. Now, even when we are born, we are so taught to take our baby and put it in the crib or put it in the car seat, put it here, put it there. But really like what our ancestors did, they were carrying their babies at all times, you know, because the babies, um nervous system and the development is it's it's not fully developed right nothing is fully developed yet so when we carry the baby they are still learning how to breathe they are still learning the movement they are even just by us carrying them they are strengthening their different muscles in their necks and backs and ultimately they are not just learning by watching from the floor but they are learning by us washing dishes or us cooking something with them, you know, or us dancing with them, you know? And so it, that, is, that is so essential because movement and sound is the creation of our life. That's the, that's the two elements, you know, movement and sound. Yeah. That's powerful. That's facts. I didn't even yeah. know he was gonna go there <laughs> to like the root, the origin. That's so powerful. <laughs> Um, and to lean into that a little bit more, I'm asking you this specifically because obviously, you know, we're living at a very strange time mm -hmm. where there's a lot of divisiveness. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of struggle with mental health, mm -hmm. you know, epidemics, you know, multiple ep epidemics mm -hmm. that we've never seen before. The greatest um, rates of mental health challenges ranging from depression, anxiety, suicide, ADHD, schizophrenia, the list goes on and on and on. 100%. There's basically disorders for everything. Everything right. gets a name today. Mm -hmm. But what we're really seeing, uh, a, a consistent thread of that is a disconnection from ourselves mm -hmm. and a disconnection in a sense from, from peace and stillness. Mm -hmm. And life is movement as well, mm -hmm. you know, for sure. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to, to, to take in. You know, mm -hmm. and today more than ever, there's so much coming at us mm -hmm. and our brains and our bodies were not really wired up to handle all of this yes. turbulence, you mm -hmm. know? So uh, I'm asking this because I want to provide solutions in every form of fashion that I can mm -hmm. come up with and, but also things that have a thread of truth. 
mm-hmm. and also humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been dancing forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. And forever. so seems a big enough time to lean mm-hmm. into this a little bit more um, with all of the divisiveness. I've already asked you about this and how dancing can create connectivity, mm-hmm. you know, not just to others, but to ourselves mm-hmm. as well. And so what about encouraging people? Like you said, you've taught a lot of people who don't dance. Mm-hmm. What would you say about people utilizing this intentionally, utilizing movement and dance as mm-hmm. a tool to improve their mental health and improve mm-hmm. their, their, their emotional well-being? Yes. Yes, because ultimately, if we think of it in a very simplistic way, all we need to do is to just put on the music and move our body, right? There doesn't need to be anybody in the room. There doesn't need to be a teacher that is teaching us. It can be our self-expression that is for free. Putting on music and just dance and move, it's for free, right? And just this kind of act can be so meditative for our uh, body and mind that it can help us to um, improve the mental health in such a tremendous way because music has the power to actually raise our vibrations and raise our frequency as well too and uh, because there was actually uh, scientific research where they were looking how music affects water and music can completely change the structure, the molecular structure of water. If you play like Mozart or classical music or other music that has a high frequency, the molecular structure turns into these really beautiful, um, it looks like snowflakes, right? Really beautiful structures. Um, And if you play music that has a low frequency, the music has, ugly structure no it's just not nice now our body is made out of 65 70 80 percent water so if music can change the structure of water it can change our structure as well too right now if we don't not just play the music but we we are moving with it as well too same with water there is movement in water as well too right so if we are moving with it as well too, it actually is raising our vibrations and our frequency, which is literally repairing the nervous system. It's repairing the, you know, the thinking and the, it's it's raising the, the thoughts itself. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Just, just by that, just putting on music and expressing, you know? This was and, one of my favorite books back in the day when, you know, I was venturing into the different areas of, of nutrition and mm-hmm. water and hydration, all that stuff. And it's uh, Dr. Masuro Emoto's book, mm-hmm. In Messages of Water. Mm-hmm. I still have that audio book. Mm-hmm. But this is back when you actually bought like disc, mm-hmm. you know, so these, this mm-hmm. was the audio book. And it's really fascinating to think about that. And, you know, water has this really, it's the thing, of course, like it's like the reason, one of the core reasons we have life on the planet Mm -hmm. you know so i always think about that that synchronicity with humans and with the planet itself you know the planet is maybe you know around 75 80 percent water and it's just like that's a funny Mm -hmm. coincidence it's the same ratio in us Mm -hmm. and you know water has this intelligence so you're talking about like these water crystals like Mm -hmm. the crystals that it forms Mm -hmm. 
And water has this ability also to change. It never disappears, mm -hmm. right? It's changing form, it's changing. you know, going yes. from a solid to a mm -hmm. liquid to a gas. Mm -hmm. It's one of its un very unique qualities. Mm -hmm. It's adaptable. Yes. But the greatest thing about water that I don't think we really get, we have to sit with it, mm -hmm. is that water is intelligent enough to become us, mm -hmm. right? Like it becomes us, human tissue, you know? It's a crazy It's so idea. fascinating how mm -hmm. smart water is. Yes. You know? And so I love that, that, that analogy as well. And so to stack on this a little bit, and actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you about this because I don't want to glance over it. It's such a powerful mm -hmm. thing. We even talked about it before we started the show. Mm -hmm. And a big part of the reason, if people are thinking like, how the, what, what was it? Like she fasted and her body got better, you know, this so-called mm -hmm. condition was mm -hmm. able to resolve itself. A lot of times it's simply getting out of the way. Like mm -hmm. your body knows what to do mm -hmm. and it's stacking conditions in your favor. Yes. So for you, you even mentioned that, you know, you've created like more of a, a habitual thing where you employ and put a little bit of fasting mm -hmm. in your life. Right now you've got a new baby, mm -hmm. you know, that you're taking <laughs> care of and that you're feeding. <laughs> But this has been a tool that you've been able to, to lean back mm -hmm. on. So what have been some of the other benefits you've seen mm -hmm. through fasting? So um, before I got pregnant, I was fasting every week for 24 hours. Um, usually I started like 8 p.m. on Saturday and ended 8 p.m. the next day, right? For, to me, like super easy. It's, it's not, a, not a hard fast. And... Um, what I've seen at that time, I was consuming only distilled water, uh, no added minerals, no tea, no juice, no lemon in the water, nothing like that. And what I saw was just, I saw clarity, more clarity. I saw more focus. So even on my practice, when I was practicing dance, I was able to focus more. Um, because, you know, right now, nowadays, all our work is on our phone. So the focus is sometimes, you know, it's just so much going on. And um, so I, I really used it as a tool to, to be in the moment. And what the fasting actually um, promotes a lot as well is a flow state, is being in the zone, being in the moment. Um, and uh, besides that, I also saw a bigger stamina, better stamina in my body as well too, uh, better metabolism as well too. And um, just overall was like the appreciation for everything was higher. So the appreciation for the practice or for the music or for just the day was just very different. The appreciation for actually having the time the next hour is just for this practice, right? Um, and the joy in it, one of the main things is when, you know, when you are dancing for over 20 years is to just still keep it fun, not just practicing because I have to practice, but I get to practice, right? So even the, the fun of it raised the, its vibration as well too, you know? So de definitely fasting is a, a wonderful tool wonderful tool and it doesn't need to be long it doesn't need to be four five six seven days you know it can literally be even if it's an eight hour fast you know if it's a 12 hour fast one day fast and that's enough you know just just to try it out um yeah definitely i think one of the 
best benefits from it is promoting the flow state, which is for us dancers so, so um, important. Um, because what we are always striving for is to be one with the music. And we can be one with the music only if we are in a complete state of the flow, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's a very deep That's theme a powerful as well. word, you know, mm -hmm. fluidity, you know, even transitioning from mm -hmm. the water to this. Mm -hmm. You know, I just did, it was pretty much a four-day fast, you know, this week. Mm -hmm. And... You know, one of the things that I saw, which you pick things up, I've been doing this for, you know, it's almost 20 years now, mm -hmm. you know, so about 17 years. So it's getting there. But one of the things that I really noticed this time was the fluidity in my body. Right. So just like little movements, just mm -hmm. it just seemed like there wasn't any restriction, mm -hmm. you know, that I would notice if I'm doing this or that or reaching for this or just these little movements where mm -hmm. my body might feel a little bit more tense or wired mm -hmm. up. And so that's kind of relaxed, mm -hmm. you know, and I do, of course, like there's going to be an inflammatory element with food, you mm -hmm. know, even if we're eating the best diet. But that's what I've really seen this time around is mm -hmm. this, this fluidity that's, that's present. Mm -hmm. And I want that, like, I want to keep that, but mm -hmm. I also want some deliciousness in my life too, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just, I, I want to implore everybody to keep this as a tool and a resource. Mm -hmm. Our ancestors have been utilizing for thousands of years. There've been conditions, of course, where it wasn't planned. Mm -hmm. You know, people weren't wanting to fast, but it's just like season change and, you know, availability. But, you know, many of the great religions and many of the great civilizations have implemented this mm -hmm. for a reason. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is that mental clarity. Because like you said, even just if you're somebody who's been eating, you know, five meals a day or mm -hmm. four meals a day for years, and suddenly you're like, I'm gonna do an eight hour fast, mm -hmm. just your brain is gonna be like, talking to you crazy, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, and using some of those key words that are just crazy, like, I'm starving, yeah. I'm gonna die, for real? Like, you've got, you've got, you know, millions of, of calories stored in your body, you know what I mean? Like, you're not gonna die. People skip one lunch and they <laughs> Yes, like, I'm starving to death, I'm so hungry I could eat a cow or whatever, you know? And, um, but the thing is, it's just like, that if you can, if you can have the awareness, and this is why I always, encourage folks to have somebody to, to model or to learn these things from, because you can have somebody to point you to like, this is gonna happen, mm -hmm. right? This, this crazy voice is mm -hmm. gonna come up and you can actually see it. Like, who the hell said that? Mm -hmm. Like, was that me? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. And last thing we talked about was the joy of eating. Mm -hmm. When you do eat, oh, it yes. takes things up a notch. Oh yes. It's just a completely different palette of flavors in the food that you are eating and suddenly like which that that was that is one of the benefits of fasting too because you can get rid of some habits that might be so hard for you to get rid of otherwise the fasting might completely change your habits that as i was mentioning i completely got my uh rid of my addiction to coffee right i could do six eight espresso shots a day before like it was bad and with the fast suddenly after that i was like i'm not craving coffee i don't i don't need it anymore and since then like it it hasn't come back and um it also cures like a lot of what can help with also if people have like fidgeting or like 
um, scratching. Some people might like be scratching themselves, scratching face. Or why I'm saying it is because I had a really bad habit of biting skin around my nails, which is also a mental condition, right? It was really bad. And um, after the seven-day fast, that completely went away as well too for the first time in my life. And uh, so it can really clear the body physically, mentally, it clears the soul, you know, and, uh, and yeah, as you said, like, if you are not used to fasting, suddenly you're going to fast for a day, your brain is going to talk to you crazy. (laughs) So it's really, it's really important to, to also have like, good people around to like, Mm. support you and motivate you Mm. to keep it going. And, uh, one of the other things that I also realized is every time I was fasting, even if it was for those 24 hours, every time I had a very different experience. And it's always important to listen to your body. That's another thing that it promotes is to uh, connect, like really the connection with your internal intuition as well too. And I remember that when I was doing the 24 hour fast, Always I felt good, you know, no problem. Like uh, I was in a good mood. And then one day I went on the fast and suddenly this huge headache came. It was massive. And my body started to be achy. And I was like, what's going on? Like I was really, really confused, right? Five days later, I found out that I was pregnant already. Mm. So I was only three weeks pregnant at a time. And five days later, I found it out. So my body was literally telling me like, hey, Mm -hmm. it's time to cut this out, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) no more fasting. So it's really important. And I actually, I even remember that day I cut the fast earlier. So it's, as I say, it's really important to listen to like the internal voice as well. If there is something come up, the internal voice is saying like, hey, it's enough. Like, let's continue next time it's important to listen to that as well too. Yeah. yeah. That fluidity applies yes. to that too, to be able to be fluid. Exactly. You know, that's something, and this is another great, um, but first, actually, before I even get to that, I want to just hammer on a couple of points, like why fasting could have these potential benefits, whether it's for improving our immune system, uh, resolving, you know, um, psychological issues mm-hmm. and things of, the nat- of that nature. Um, so one of the big benefits that we see pretty quickly is a boost in anabolic hormone production, like mm-hmm. HGH. So your recovery improves, mm-hmm. your, it's muscle sparing. Mm-hmm. So it actually helps your body to retain your lean muscle while mm-hmm. going and utilizing some of that stored excess. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this process is one of the really interesting things that's helping to resolve issues with blood sugar normalization. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, but also while your body's figuring that out, because of our addiction and our dependency on food, mm-hmm. we could have some symptoms of, you know, our blood sugar being a little bit wonky. Mm-hmm. And so this could have the side effects of you being more irritable, mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. which nobody told me about that. Mm-hmm. And I had a girlfriend, we're both doing 21 day fast. And we were arguing about the <laughs> stupidest and I remember this, like, I remember a specific place we were at and I, we were arguing. I'm just like, during the argument, I'm, my, I was had a, like an out of body experience. Like, this is dumb. I ha- I'm not even mad. Like, what mm-hmm. is, why am I so angry? Mm-hmm. You know, 
mm-hmm. and you get to see that voice, you mm-hmm. know? So improving, resolving blood sugar, balancing blood sugar issues. So improving your insulin sensitivity, mm-hmm. um, blood sugar normalization, HGH production. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at leptin, you know, satiety yes. hormones, mm-hmm. getting back on track. We've got mm-hmm. some great uh, data on that as well. Just the list goes on and on and yes. on. But also if we're talking about improvement with our immune system as well, because our immune system, one of the craziest things about this life is this duality with our need for food mm-hmm. in order to build our vessel mm-hmm. and also the metabolic energy that it requires mm-hmm. for you to turn that food into something. Yes. It's the most energy intensive thing the human body undertakes by 100%. far. Yes. Right. Okay. And so when you are able to, to pull away a little bit from that energy mm-hmm. siphoning, more energy gets directed into mm-hmm. fixing stuff you didn't even know mm-hmm. was wrong, you exactly. know, because your body, like there's a lot going on. And so one of the things, the big drains that happens is our immune system function, mm-hmm. which is largely located in our gut. Mm-hmm. And so in comes this meal, there's like, they have to be frontline. Your immune exactly. system has to be there to handle this. Yes. And so you see this really interesting shift take place with, you know, cancer issues mm-hmm. resolving, for example. Yes. When it, when, and this is something, again, we've got sound clinical data on this now mm-hmm. with uh, this being utilized in cancer treatments, mm-hmm. fasting in different modalities. And so, yeah, it's just super fascinating. I can go on and on. Yes, and on. 100%. Got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. Very often, it's the small things that can make the greatest impact. Archimedes said, if you give me a lever, and a place to stand, I can move the world. It's all about leverage. It's all about positionality. And the same thing holds true when it comes to human health and performance. It is truly honoring the things that give us the greatest leverage. No process can happen in the human body without this remarkable sodium potassium pump. This exchange helps our mitochondria to create fuel. This exchange helps our heart to beat This exchange helps all of our brain cells to communicate. Nothing is taking place without electrolytes. Electrolytes are minerals that carry an electric charge. And also we've got mountains of peer-reviewed evidence as to their efficacy with every single area of human health. For example, our cognitive ability depends mightily on the function of electrolytes. Take sodium, for example. Not only is sodium required to help to maintain fluid balance in your brain itself. A study conducted by researchers at McGill University found that sodium functions as a literal on-off switch in the brain for specific neurotransmitters that support optimal function and protect the brain against numerous diseases like epilepsy, like neuropathic pain. How simple, how foundational, how much leverage we can get from making sure that we're getting adequate amounts of the right type of sodium. Fascinating new study published in the journal Neuron found that another remarkable electrolyte, essential electrolyte, magnesium, is able to restore critical brain plasticity and improve cognitive function. Truly, we can fight so hard, so mightily, to find nutrient-specific foods that can help to bolster our cognitive performance. But it really boils down, first and foremost, to leverage and our electrolytes are that leverage. Now, what about the immune system? This is something that is on a lot of people's minds today. Well, the meta-analysis publishing the Annals of Clinical Biochemistry titled Electrolyte Imbalances in Patients with Severe Coronavirus Disease, COVID-19. 
It analyzed five studies with nearly 1,500 patients with COVID-19 and found that both sodium and potassium, another critical electrolyte, were significantly lower in patients with severe COVID-19. Now, this should raise a lot of flags. This should raise up our antennas to understand, hey, what's going on here with our electrolytes? Is electrolyte deficiency leading to worse health outcomes? Severity with COVID-19? Or is COVID-19 and any infectious disease requiring electrolytes for the healing process for an appropriate immune response to be mounted? The answer is it's both. And the answer is we've got to ensure that we're getting high quality electrolytes in the right ratios. This is why myself and my family utilizes Element, L-M-N-T. Go to drinklmnt.com forward slash model and you're going to get to try Element for free. They're going to send it right to your door. Just pay a little bit in shipping. You get to try a variety pack of Element. This remarkable electrolyte is not coming along with any binders and fillers and artificial colors and flavors, no sugar, any of that stuff, just the high quality electrolytes that you need to thrive, All right? So check them out. Again, it's getting shipped right to your door. Go to drinklmnt.com forward slash model and get your electrolytes optimized today. Now back to the show. I wanted to circle back now and talk more about because a part of this detoxification even is movement, mm -hmm. right? So it can assist in this process. Mm -hmm. And so I asked you before about why is movement such a valuable tool for improving mental health? I wanna ask you next, why is movement such a valuable tool for our physical health mm. specifically? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is, um, there is uh, this, you know, image in our society nowadays that people when you know they go to the gym or they sign up for fitness classes or when they are running they are doing it mainly for again the outside look you know the six pack and you know the lean muscles and just for the look from the outside but instead looking really what the movement physically is also doing on the inner side, on the inside of our body too. So what I love to look at more is um, when I'm thinking of movement and, um, and the physical aspect of it is, am I doing any good to my heart and cardiovascular system today? You know, so instead of when I'm going on a run or jog or when I'm doing my dance practice, uh, I'm thinking of actually improving the the health of my heart instead of necessarily always thinking about getting my muscles leaner, right? So the reason why I think we are not so focused on it because we can see what is going on on the outside of our body. We can physically see that with our eyes, but we actually cannot see our lungs and cannot see our heart and we cannot see our gut, you know, and our organ organs and all of that. But that is what is running everything. You know, our gut is running everything, our heart. And so, so it's um, even just the intention and the thought and the energy of um, having um, behind our physical movement, actually having this energy more internally we can actually have a better result externally as well too. 
And um, so it's it's like a gym. It's like a gym for your heart, you know, gym for your gut. And also we already know, I mean, there is so much research on it that when we are physically active, then it is improving uh, our gut, our digestion. And that is that is so as you as we as you were spoken one of the greatest benefits of fasting also is that you are seeing how much food takes place in our daily life how food is everywhere you walk out on the street and you see billboard with food you see food on your phone you hear friends talking about having lunch and so food is absolutely everywhere and you are not perceiving this when you are eating but once you stop eating you suddenly find out how that is actually running our lives all, all day every day and that is the social thing to do you know you go with friends to sit down have a coffee and a snack and you go with family to have a dinner you know every day it's it's food and suddenly when uh, when there is none of that in our body our um our performance can go up so much higher and so yeah movement in the physical way um it actually jumpstart our whole metabolism it it is improving the immune system and not only that i also want to encourage people because i see this a lot i see this a lot people would and this is not a bad or good or correct or incorrect but it's a beautiful day outside and people go into their garage and run on treadmill in their garage, right? <laughs> it, and so, they, it sounds funny the way you say And it. they open the garage door just so they can see outside, but they're in the garage running on a treadmill. Instead, going actually outside on the road and running on the road. On the treadmill, you are just giving energy out, 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 out. On the, on the road, when you're actually jogging and running, there's also energy coming into you. It's very different when we as dancers are dancing inside or outside. It's a whole different skill because the energy inside, you are just giving out, out. So actually inside, you don't even need so much stamina physically. But when you're outside, suddenly you feel the energy coming onto you and you are trying to work and figure out on how to actually give and receive, give and receive, give and receive, right? But when you are inside, you just give, 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 give. But there's only so much you can give, right? So that's another thing I would love to encourage people to, you know, close the garage, give the treadmills, you know, put the treadmill somewhere else and just go take the jog outside because it is going to have so much more benefit, not only the energy, but sunlight you know air and all of that it's it has a really huge um effect on the physical health as well too wow yeah that imagery like it seems like we're in prison like we put ourselves in prison right <laughs> i see it every day in our neighborhood you know yeah. you <laughs> could see, see outside and all the life is just like <laughs> we we put ourselves we bind ourselves mm -hmm. you know but i of course there's a, a big part of that is habit Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. because of conditions, especially mm -hmm. if people live where it's not always nice. Yes. You know, it's just like, well, I got my treadmill. Mm -hmm. But when you have the opportunity, actually get out. Like, that's such a powerful, mm -hmm. you just said it, just like, you're also taking in, mm -hmm. you're absorbing mm -hmm. when you're out in, quote, reality, mm -hmm. you know, versus the little confinements that we put ourselves mm -hmm. into. And also, you know, not to 
not to villainize and i love you set up just like it's not that it's anything wrong <laughs> but you know if you think about it again it is a new thing it is mm -hmm. a very new invention to run on a thing right mm -hmm. and the thing is moving mm -hmm. that's the big key mm -hmm. it's not that you are moving yourself mm -hmm. the ground is moving under you mm -hmm. so it's taking away a natural input it's mm -hmm. like a it's like a deficient mm -hmm. nutrient mm -hmm. like it's a deficient food like mm -hmm. it's missing this huge thing that you should be getting mm -hmm. which is your ability to, to to plant and push off the ground yes right and so again not to say good or bad but kind of you know, it's a little <laughs> yes. deficient it's missing this stuff yeah. so i love that and so when we have the opportunity and also like you said you're going to feel very different like mm -hmm. pay attention to how these different inputs mm -hmm. feel yes and not to say that this can't be a supplement mm -hmm. you know your your treadmill but the more that we can enjoy reality and mm -hmm. interact with the world mm -hmm. i would imagine it's going to be better for 100 100 percent. yeah so even uh one more thing I wanted to mention is uh, gyms. Gyms are a great, I would say, social gathering as well too. Because even with dance, like there is a big difference. As I was mentioning, dancing inside and dancing outside. But if you are dancing inside or moving inside, working out inside, such as gym, you still have people around that might give you also energy. Even if you don't know about it, you're still getting the input there. So that is also a really big difference uh, is if you are by yourself or if you're actually, we are social humans, you know, we, are, we need people, right? So even if you are in a gym and you have people around you, their, their energy also is affecting your physical performance in the gym as well. If you were dancing or if you're in the gym by yourself, there was nobody around, you probably might not have such a big physical performance as if there's people around, you know. So the energy from the outside is always so important, always so important, you know. That's why, like, I also love this analogy is um, the physical aspect. It has uh, the effect. It has, like, our phone on us, right, because we give so much energy and movement as well even if it's small movement to our phone but our phone is not giving anything back and that's why a lot of times technology is so draining for us um, because it's like i love this analogy uh, that i heard that it's like a uh, dancing with a partner that is not um dancing back you know so you're trying to move the arms around and stuff like that, but they are not dancing back so it's it's like that with like technology electronics our phone as well too you know so even i always recommend people because a lot of people that also train with me and take classes from me they have work that requires you know sitting by the computer or being on the phone so i always recommend them if if that your work requires that always make sure to take breaks in between and move a little bit around you know get on the ground you know or jump or you know see people and move a little bit with them you know play some music and uh so because because we are not getting any energy back and it's the aspect of the gif 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 that makes us feel so overwhelmed and so anxious and so stressed yeah mm. oh so yeah. good so true <laughs> um one of the ha and again it's just it's about habits. It's mm -hmm. about creating intentional um, places for this. So mm -hmm. 
nine times out of 10, whenever I get on the phone, I start moving. You know, mm -hmm. I get on the call. My, my wife knows this. Like I go out in the backyard or walk mm -hmm. around or I'm out in the front of the neighborhood, you know, just walking around. And I'm, that's what I, when I take my calls. And it's just something that one day I just decided, like, that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And it just happened over time. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, you know, we, we can't, in this society, it's difficult to run from technology. Mm -hmm. like it's everywhere, just like food. It's everywhere. But it's also choosing how we associate with these things. Exactly. And I love that so much where we can actually take something in. Because guess what? When I go outside and I start moving, I'm pulling in from the environment. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm pulling in some sunlight, some fresh air. Mm -hmm. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And the, of course, the movement inputs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well. So I love that so much. And by the way, I wanted to add a little bit of fun science nuggets here mm. uh, when we talked about movement improving gut health. Mm -hmm. So a recent meta-analysis, this was published in Oxidative Medicine and Cellular Longevity, found that exercise can positively enhance the number of our beneficial microbial species, mm -hmm. enrich our microflora diversity, and improve the development of commensal bacteria. All right, so bacteria that's hanging out, working together, having mm -hmm. a good session, sessioning <laughs> together, you know, and this benefit takes place when we move our bodies, mm -hmm. when we exercise. So again, these are inputs that our bodies expect from us. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about this stuff, we're not talking it just to talk, we're talking because it's facts. It's facts, 100%. With Yaya. <laughs> All right, so I want to ask you about this one now, because again, I mentioned our really alarming state of divisiveness which is the craziest it's a it's a extreme irony because on paper we appear to be the most connected society in the mm -hmm. history of humanity but at the same time there's so much apparent divisiveness i don't it's definitely not as much as it's framed to be mm -hmm. you know there's a lot more humanity mm -hmm. but at the same time there is some big concerns where people are going so polar opposite mm -hmm. and not being able to, to connect and to have this communal, mm -hmm. commensal experience. So why is movement such a valuable tool for connection and for community? Mm. Again, it's the foundation of life, you know, sound, sound and movement. It's so valuable for us because that is the foundation. And when uh, somebody you know, decides to at night turn on the TV and sit on the couch for a couple hours, you are literally, you are literally taking away the foundation that you are meant to do, you are meant to be, you know. So with the movement, whatever it is, if it's working out, if it's dance, if it's any kind of sports, um, it is also creating the social aspects of it, the social gatherings of it you know, and uh, that is also creating the communication that is so valuable for us too. Communication itself is movement, right? When we communicate, we are moving our hands, we are moving our body, we are, we are gesturing, you know, we, when we are sitting, when we are standing, we might be moving in even our legs, you know, or like just taking a walk and, uh, and having a conversation. It's a, uh, it's a certain dance that we have with the universe, but with the other person as well too, because it's, a, it's always an exchange. So 
it's so valuable for for us and for the community because again we are not only giving but we are getting back we are getting the energy back that is enhancing it's enhancing our immune system enhancing our metabolism so it's so important to get social and get moving with other people yeah i always i i always like encourage you know i always encourage people that you know maybe they come to me and they want to express more and um they don't really have a community so the first thing is i see like what city they live at and where they can find a community that can uh, help them to get out there and get socialized and get moving because that is going to have such a tremendous um, effect on their mental and their physical health you know mm. so it's we are social animals you know and um we are moving animals you know so so it's it is just so so valuable for us yeah, yeah. life yeah. is movement yeah you know, life is everything movement. moves everything. I just was walking this morning. I saw this snail you know, <laughs> rolling up. He got the other day. I saw a snail with no shell. By the way, I'm just like, what happened? Like, who, who st stole your home or whatever? But then anyway, so I saw one today, and uh, he's moving slowly, but he's still moving. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, this is something even it's invisible, you know, mm -hmm. to us. You know, we only see a certain spectrum. Mm -hmm. of light and of reality we look like this very solid thing mm -hmm. but you know we're a bunch of atoms just like constant constantly you know just vibration mm -hmm. and so throughout and i've it's hit me several times as you've been speaking about mm -hmm. vibration mm -hmm. and about kind of this conductivity mm -hmm. of things you know everything really is this you know we use this term music but it becomes so it puts it into a box mm -hmm. that it, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't do it justice mm -hmm. because everything is music. Every, mm -hmm. Literally everything, everything, even silence, mm -hmm. there's yes, music there's to it, music. you know? And so our bodies are in this kind of s symphony, you mm -hmm. know, and also the synchronicity. And oftentimes when we experience pain or problems, when there's disharmony, mm -hmm. right? 100%. And so things happen for sure. And so being able to have movement as an expressive tool and a healing mm -hmm. tool and I want to ask you about this because something happened to you, you know, and <laughs> in 2019, you had an injury, mm -hmm. right? Sacrum injury. What oh, was that, that was experience like? And uh, yes, first talk about that. Oh, that one was bad. Yeah. I mean, I went through so many injuries throughout dance. And the, the beautiful part is that each injury brought something special into my movement. Right. So I was just I was just telling my students yesterday I was one of the styles that I do is robot. And um, I was teaching a robot class. And one of the main reasons why I got so good at it, because I used to have tremendous inflammation in my lower back and in my neck. And so I used to have pinched nerves mm. and so much inflammation in both and I couldn't move. So I couldn't move this way, like in my torso or I couldn't move this way. And so my body was just moving like this. And that was the only thing that I was able to practice. And because I was so committed to still move and mm. practice, that's why I got so good in robot. Wow, <laughs> holy moly. I was, yeah, I was tapping into the style already, um, but I was never like practicing it 
consistently. Yeah. And then when these issues come up, which by the way, I had these issues for 10 years of my career in dance. And um, so sometimes there was months where all I could just practice was this. That's all I could practice. I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> so I love turning negative into positive. There is always an opportunity to, to find, because again, it's the, it's the balance. And again, it's the give out giving, right? Is the balance. If there is big success, there will be a big problem, right? If there is a lot of joy, there will be a lot of sadness. It needs to always balance. People don't want to hear that, yeah, yeah. Yes. They don't want to hear that. If there is a lot of pain, there will there is possibility for a lot of success as well, too. It's it goes both ways. Because people think if they have a lot of pain or a huge injury, it that's just what it is, you know? But there, they can always turn it because there's always a balance. So it goes both ways, right? And uh, and so that was that was actually my biggest. I don't I don't even can I cannot even say if the inflammation could be classified as injury. It was just inflammation in the body, probably from all the stuff that I was eating, right? It's all connected. And um, once actually I went plant based, that's when all of this stuff went away as well too and then in 2019 i had a huge injury with my sacrum um and that one as well because i had a i couldn't really move my lower body it was just my upper body and so that was another opportunity to practice different stuff with my arms with my head you know with my chest fine because if there is no injury like that we might not find all of these possibilities that are there. We might not perceive it, right? So anytime something like that happens, I see it as like, okay, the universe is giving me opportunity to find and perceive something else, you know? So yeah, this is just an invitation for people that might be struggling with this kind of mindset, you know? Yeah, so injuries are my lifelong friends, you know, <laughs> there have been That's powerful. so, so many, so many of those. Yeah. So I want to encourage everybody who's listening, make sure you check out the video of this episode. So you can see <laughs> Yaya dancing. We'll put up some clips of her and you've got, it's just something you have to see in this lifetime. <laughs> you know, you're amazing. And, you know, this is j an injury like that, where it's like hard for you. It, you, um, you were in an intense amount of pain. And when it's difficult to do much of anything, you'll do just about anything to get out of pain. Mm -hmm. And so I know that some new tools are going to surface. So not only new skill sets mm -hmm. shifts with your mindset, but new tools for healing and recovery mm -hmm. are going to come about. So did you pick up anything from that? Like, what did you learn from that? Like, what were some of the, the tools that you picked up from that experience? So, um... I want to I wanna talk about a little bit of like the tools for body recovery and stuff like that too. Yeah. Um, from this particular injury, actually, what I found very beneficial for body recovery for any injury is a functional range conditioning, which is actually not that widely known. Um, and uh, there is this amazing, amazing guy who does functional range conditioning here in LA. His name is Mark Holzum, and he was actually 
he was actually coaching me kind of like not kind of but he was coaching me out of this injury so i was working with him a lot and he completely like in in four months he recovered me completely out of that so it was it was really amazing so again what i learned from that because functional range conditioning is um using and i don't know if i will say this correctly because i'm not very knowledgeable in in that topic but it uses um the stretch but strengthen at the same time so instead of you just stretching your arm this way mm-hmm. you would be stretching it but then also strengthening it and pulling again so mm-hmm. with any kind of body part they are stretching and strengthening stretching and strengthening and uh, he would just find like such angles and positions where he would be stretching and strengthening and i could see and feel the differences that it had on my joints like my even my hips my shoulders that suddenly i had a bigger range in uh, my joints that i could ever have before and uh my body was capable of withstanding more risky angles than I was capable before. Um, so since I've been doing the body recovery with him, I do functional range conditioning almost every day, even if it's just like just a wrist kind of thing or something like that. So I do that. Other other ways of body recovery I love is um, definitely different kind of breathing techniques. My favorite one is uh, Wim Hof, um, or I know a lot of people, uh, it goes by fire breathing technique as well too, but I love Wim Hof. I love ice baths. I love cold showers and, uh, cryotherapy. Um, so those are some of my favorite techniques for body recovery as well. And then of course, food and fasting. Yeah. Mm, Powerful, powerful. What about massage therapy do you do any of that yes i uh actually was working with a neurosomatic massage therapist and um for three years every week but she has a baby now too <laughs> <laughs> she's my good friend now she's uh, her name is roxanne and uh uh she really has like magical hands like what what she does i i i work with so many different massage therapists and uh for some reason the techniques particular that she was doing uh again it's called neurosomatic massage therapy that was definitely my favorite mm, awesome awesome now another one of these tools that you picked up along the way mm-hmm. and i would imagine it, it it's been beneficial for dance for you know, creating a space. I used to do this thing I called the imagination station where mm-hmm. I would visualize my life, mm-hmm. but it would be a part of my meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Like I do some type of meditation at the front and then I would end it with the visualization. Mm-hmm. So meditation. So that's, I've heard you talk about that as well mm-hmm. as being a really important tool mm-hmm. for all manner, not just with dance, but just overall health and well-being. Mm-hmm. So visualization is a huge part of my practice, probably bigger part of my practice than actually physical practice. Um, Visualization is something that I remember doing since I was a little kid. And since I was a little kid, I had a really um, imaginative mind. That's just what I remember. And um, I would always imagine myself. It's really funny, but since I was a little kid, I I was visualizing myself dancing Mm. 
even before I was dancing. And uh, so I remember there is there is even a scientific research where they where they took um, they took basketball team for six weeks and they had them practice physically every day and then they take, took a basketball team for uh six weeks as well and they had them practice only visualization every day and the team that actually was practicing visualization had just little better results than the team that was practicing only physically and the reason why visualization is such a huge part of my day is because I don't always have time to practice physically, right? It's, it, I don't always have time to go to the studio or outside and, and dance for an hour or two. But I always have time to practice the visual, visualization, even if I'm washing dishes or if I'm with my daughter, with my husband, you know, like it's anytime I hear music, if I hear music in the airplane or in the car or in the grocery store, the farmer's market or anything like that. So I, I always visualize right away when the music is on. Um, and um, we are what we are thinking, right? Whatever we do, is, it's, a, it's a choice, right? Um, so ultimately, if you are practicing visualization and whatever it is, even if it's sports or you're practicing visualizing for, for math exam or anything like that, you are actually creating, um, it's called myelination. You are creating the myelin around your nerves, right? And it's like this isolation around your nerves. And the more you visualize it, visu visual visualize it. Yeah, yeah. Do I say you've been nailing it throughout. <laughs> like, I'm trying, I'm yeah. trying. <laughs> and or the way, the more you practice it physically or mentally, the myelin is just getting thicker and thicker and thicker, and then it's hard for the information to escape. Right? The the fatter the myelin is, the better the information is going to be locked in there. So visualization is something that I do a lot with my students and always remind them about it because it can be just about anything from performance to a competition to um, the timing and musicality on the music to the techniques, you know, to, to everything. And it can be getting better all the time, not just when I have time in the studio. Mm. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. So I want folks to be able to be a student of yours, you know, <laughs> even if just like having some, some little mental nuggets on like what they can do to improve their movement mm -hmm. or to take advantage of movement to improve their, their health, their mental health. What are some tips that you can share for folks to, to improve their movement and or to, to connect with their bodies? So just simple one very simple one you know when you hear music or even if the music is not there if you connect with yourself and you hear your heartbeat you hear rhythm right rhythm is in everybody it's all inside of us just nodding your head to the rhythm yeah just a little bounce anytime you hear music just a little not not and just a simple thing like this can actually bring you into the flow state and that's actually that's another huge topic that uh, I would love to talk about is uh, we are so far away now from 
the zone, from this flow state, that we have such a capability of being in it, being completely connected. And again, it starts, it starts when we are babies, right? Um, there is actually this medhot, I don't know if you ever heard of it, is a Montessori medhot. Uh, with babies, and it actually promotes the flow state in the babies, which means, for example, the toys that they are going to get, they will be natural wooden toys, or they will be from um, materials that are found on the earth, uh, in, the, in nature, right? Or the the surroundings that are around them is not going to be like cluttered right and uh, it's going to it's very minimalistic and very simplistic way of of raising a child and all these little things it's so simple and so little so minimalistic are uh, creating the flow state inside of us so what the montessori method is actually doing is it's creating the flow state inside of the child and so what a child then is capable of doing is for example focusing on playing with one toy and finding different possibilities with it even for an hour or two so what i see nowadays a lot is you know the parents play the baby music and then they give it a bunch of plastic toys that also make a lot of noise and stuff like that and all of that is so much distraction right it's like with water when you throw a bunch of things inside of water, as we were talking about, because our body is mainly made out of water, when you throw a bunch of things in the water, it creates like this tsunami, right? It's just, it, it's, it creates this chaos. But instead, if you have just like one simple wooden boat floating on the water, it can create a balance over there, right? So, so even just, just a bounce or a little two-step, even a little two-step can promote the flow state inside of a person and it can bring more of a connection with the body and with the mental aspect, with the physical aspect and connecting with the sound and with the music. That's fire. And we can do two-step when we wash dishes, you know? Yeah. Facts. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, one of the things that was, I was just like, that's it. I have to talk to her was seeing... And it was, it was so obvious once I saw it, but I never thought that someone would do it, which was you were utilizing weights when you were training, when you were doing your, your dance training and working on techniques, you utilize weights. Mm -hmm. Can you talk yes. a little bit about that? Yes, uh, 100%. This is a, a practice that I started to do maybe 12 years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And uh, because my, in dance, my specialty is not a certain style. Uh, my specialty is uh, body control. And body control can be applied to anything. It can be applied to any style. It can be applied to any sport, right? Different sports have different control that you need to uh, use for, for example, a throwing a ball, right? It requires different kind of speed. It requires different kind of tension. So that actually what I specialize in is how much intensity, how much tension, what is the hold? Is this a soft hold? Is it a strong hold, right? And that I utilize in every style. So in the dance world, what I'm known for is uh, actually being able to switch in 
so many styles, but stay really high level in each style. And it's because of the body control that I am studying. Mainly I was studying on my own body and then applying it and applying it with my students, right? So what I do is um, for, for, for example, for movement to be, let's say if I want like a, a stop motion kind of movement, or if I want really um, slow speed control and stop, it requires a different weight for it. It requires different intensity. So I add weights, either I do just weights in my hands. I don't really use ankle weights or weights on legs because it creates, uh, it creates unbalance with knees and stuff like that. But I do use weight vest as well too. Well, now I use my baby. <laughs> that's that's enough. <laughs> and um, so I would what I would do is uh, when I am holding the weight, then I would be doing the stop motion with the weight in my hand, and that is actually creating again more of the myelin. I'm locking in the information, and it's so much harder to do the stop motion with the hand, with the arm, with the weight. Um, but then when I practice it over and over and I let go of the weight, the information is locked in there now. And so that's how I, that's how I utilize it. I have different exercises where, um, where I use the, the weight vest or the, the, do they have names? These dumbbells. Weights? Huh? The dumbbells. Dumbbells. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, and with different, uh which is the dumbest name ever by the way yeah it's a it's a a strange (laughs) name right so also different what do you call it different weight like depending on how much how much they weight if it's like three kilos or six kilos or nine kilos it will give you different body control as well too Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah this has been definitely a training that i haven't seen in the dance world anybody else doing and uh it's been really working well for the techniques that we are looking for in different styles. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw her, it's just yeah. like, oh, <laughs> that's how, like, she's so good at this. You know, it's just like one extra level or mm-hmm. layer of, you know, input for your body. And mm-hmm. I love that you bringing it back to myelin. It's something mm-hmm. we've talked about many times yes, over yeah, the years, yeah. you know, yeah. it's fascinating. So, man, this has been so dope and <laughs> so insightful. Could you let everybody know where they can follow you, like get into your universe? Yes. And you're also teaching too, like where can people yes. come to a class or mm-hmm. be able to, to learn so, from you that way? Um, you can find me, of course, on Instagram at Yaivankova, uh, or um, you can also find me on my website, Um, I am teaching regular classes every Tuesday, 5 p.m. My husband is teaching also regular classes every Friday, 8 p.m. But we are also teaching private classes. We are also also teaching online. Um, yeah, so just connect, you know, if you anybody is interested, just connect and we can get it going. Awesome. Get so, the movement going. Yes. So the, <laughs> your website would have information for your classes? 100%, yes. There Sweet. is all the information for the classes. My Instagram also has a link where you can find information for all the classes as well, too. Though this has been one of the funnest visual experiences because like watching you talk and move while you talk, it's just (laughs) like, it's so graceful and like, just cool. It's like, you know, you, you bring 
these things to life. And I appreciate that. And also, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story and the work that you've done on yourself to become a better teacher, to put you in a space to be the mom that you are today. And even that's a whole other conversation that we could talk about in the future, of course, (laughs) is just that component. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just so inspiring. And, you know, right now, I think that I've said this statement many times that life is movement, but this is one of the, like we, if you have a body, Mm -hmm. you have movement potential, like you can do something. And our bodies are like a bridge to a new reality. Mm-hmm. Like it's so close. Like yes. you can literally, you're in, you can't help but be a part of it. And so yes. having you here today has been very special and another encouragement, I think, for everybody to, to move more. So yes. thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was outstanding, incredible. Really, thank you so much. Awesome. Yes. You got it. You got it. Your work is much appreciated. Always. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's an honor. Yeah, yeah, everybody, make sure to check her out on IG, hit her website up, come and dance with her. Let's go. Let's do it. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. This is one to share out with your friends and family and a tool for us to implement, to take advantage of. Whatever form of movement moves you, that's what it's about right now, being able to access and activate that. You know, for a lot of people, it's giving themselves permission to just move your body to get your groove on. We don't want to fall into a scenario like Footloose where dancing is outlawed. You know, you got to do this behind closed doors and it's got to be all these certain conditions, but to be free and to be free in our bodies and to move and to express ourselves and to, to tap into that cathartic aspect and the creative aspect. And, you know, so many wonderful insights that I picked up today and just being able to to share a space and hold a space for others and how this unsaid, unwritten language of movement has allowed for connection and for healing to take place in her different groups that she's been a part of, for example. And it's just all so miraculous, but not actually that surprising if you look at how humans evolved and how much dance has been a part of our species, has been a part of our culture. Every culture has vibes, you know? And so right now it's a lot of intersecting vibes and we need that more than ever, you know? But also also we have this very strange phenomenon where people are becoming more cut off and more rigid and not expressing themselves through movement and having that joy of expression because I believe that that ability to express joy through movement is going to help to make deeper connections, better connections to people that we might not even agree with. You know, there's this whole phenomenon of a dance battle. You know, what if we solved our conflicts that way? Man, that would be incredible. But most importantly, of course, is that battle inside and for us to be able to reach within and to express ourselves outwardly in a creative and constructive way. So again, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Share this out with your friends and family. You could tag me. I'm at Sean Model on Instagram and you could tag Yaya. She's at Yaya Vankova. It's J-A-J-A-V-A-N-K-O-V-A. Let her know. Share some love. Send her some good energy right now. And thank her for coming on the show. Let her know what you thought about this episode. And of course, you could send this directly from the podcast app that you're listening on. And listen, if you did check out the audio version, this is one to see the video of, for sure. To see Yaya in action. 
And even when she's speaking here on the show to see the movements and how it's just like really cool to be able to witness. And for that, of course, pop over to YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Model Health Show on YouTube as well. You got exclusive content there for you every single week. I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show today. Take care. Have an amazing day. I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.